What's up, everybody? Comedian Vaughn Michael here with What's the Lesson Podcast, a podcast where I interview different people about experiences or stories they went through, and we try to figure out the lessons that they learned. Today's guest will be telling us a story of how he was adopted by a family of a different race. I'm pretty excited about this story, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast, y'all. Chappelle Lacey is an American comedian born and raised in Mesa, Arizona. A diehard punk rocker and former award-winning competitive cheerleader, Chappelle found ways to express himself in his own individuality at an early age. Chappelle was cheerleading competitively for University of Louisville when someone dared him to take the stage as a comedian and he never looked back, dropping out shortly thereafter to pursue a career in stand-up full-time. His unique life experiences, such as being adopted by a Caucasian family at age 15, punk rock mentality and stage presence combined make for a truly original voice in the community. Diligence and the desire to grow led him from the Phoenix open mic circuit onto main stages where he regularly performed for comedians such as Bill Burr, Chris Diella, Hannibal Burrs, Brian Collin, Frank Caliendo, and now regularly in Los Angeles, California. Since recently moving to Los Angeles and securing representation, Chappelle is preparing for what looks like a very busy near future, opening for his idol, Henry Rollins, at the 2019 Sonic Temple Music Festival, performing at Comedy Central's Festival, Clusterfest, and being named Just for Laughs Comedy Festival New Face. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chappelle Lacey to the podcast. Um, I, I want to talk to you today um, about being adopted by white parents. Um, mm-hmm. How old were you when you um, were adopted? Um, so they started taking care of me when I was uh, 15. They So I was a competitive cheerleader mm-hmm. and um, they owned the cheerleading gym that I was cheering at. Okay. And so that's how they came about they didn't legally adopt me but like you know they pretty much you know uh i was pretty much with them you know so when you said they were taking care of you um who were you living with before then then so i was living with my uh my mom's and my stepfather okay and uh and then my uh three brothers and a sister gotcha okay and yeah so was you the only one that went um to live with the, with them or how did that work yeah it was it was just me okay it was it was just me cuz my uh stepfather ended up kicking me out um i want to say when i was 17 or 17 okay and yeah. so how was the relationship with you and your stepfather Oh, it was horrible. Uh, he was abusive, very abusive, uh, physically and verbally. Um, you know, pretty much to my whole, my whole, my whole family, like my siblings and stuff. My mom didn't get the physical abuse, but she got uh, the verbal abuse. Yeah, and was this yeah. your stepfather? Like ever since you were born? Like, did you? Yeah, that was the, that was the only person. Uh, yeah, that I knew of. Uh, yeah, from the time I can remember, he's always been there. But yeah, he was at my birth and stuff like that. Okay. And 
at so at a young age, you know, verbally, physically abused and stuff like that. How yeah. did that affect you mentally? Oh, it uh, it messed my world up. You know, um, one, I didn't really have uh, confidence in myself, mm-hmm. um, especially like you know because I was a you know black dude, you know, listening to punk rock, skateboarding, you know, all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which like a little bit more common now, but like when I was younger, it wasn't a thing like, you know, uh, a lot of black kids did. So, you know, um, because of the things I liked, you know, I didn't know how to be comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even like, I dealt with a lot of like, uh, racial identity issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I dealt with issues of, uh, love, you know, I didn't know what love was. Um, I'm not even talking about like on a relationship standpoint, like boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking on the sense of like a family, like, you know, like I was like, like, I didn't think that was like something that like, you know, existed, you know? And even when I was adopted, like it's, it was like, yeah, like, like, it's just like, I felt like it was just a situation that I was in. So it took me a long time to even you know, really understand that. And um, do you still speak with your, your siblings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my oldest brother, he passed away, though, when I was uh, back in 2013. Um, but yeah, I, I still talk to all my uh, siblings. And when, like, all this was going on, were y'all close? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was sad, man, because I was... I was pushed away from, you know, some like people that, yeah, my, my fucking, <laughs> my siblings, you know, like it was like, yeah, like that was, yeah, the, yeah, some of the closest people to me, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you pushed away, you, you like, it's just like, man, I'm not around them anymore, you know, it's like, it's like, and it's like weird because, you know, especially that's what you know since you were born right you know what i mean like like i understood i understood my love for my siblings right Mm -hmm. but as a family whole like as a whole like as a family like this foundation i did not like that's the that's the thing i did not feel but like with my siblings yeah it was it was like yo these are my people you know and to not be around them and then to be living with a different family yeah, you know, I felt horrible and I felt guilty. But um, were I mean, when you're going through like physical abuse, verbal abuse, like stuff like that, were uh-huh. you know, were y'all able to talk about those type of things? Were y'all able to, like to relate? No, no, not even, not even like it was something like I don't think like I didn't even open that. Yeah, we 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 didn't we. I'd say ever since my brother passed away, I'd say is when we all started uh, talking about it. That okay. was 2013, you know, uh, is when we kind of like, were like, man, we went through some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just, it just kind of hit us all. Like I, I've always known because mm-hmm. I, uh, like I went through anger management for years. I've had like over three different anger management teachers, 
And um, so I was able to get an understanding, but I didn't know how to talk to them about it because, yeah, there was a lot of like, like I was like, I, 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 I don't know. I just didn't know what to say. Yeah. Okay. Um. So how old were you when you started taking the anger management classes? The first time I went, I want to say I was 16 years old or 15 years old. Uh, it was in high school. Um, and, uh, and it's funny because everyone thinks like you put yourself in anger management. I'm like, no, that was forced. Uh, so <laughs> everyone gets that. Oh, they're like, oh, that's cool. You put yourself in there. I said, I didn't walk in that some bitch. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, but the when I took it, at, when when I had it in high school, it was like now that I think about it, it was kind of weird because like it was like you know how they have the drivers that like the football coach teach driver's ed <laughs> yeah it was like that it was like you just had this dude who happened to be in the, in the administration office of the school and he's supposed to teach anger management oh wow you know so it's like he i mean he could just have dialogue with you but to like break down things about you know your feelings and your emotions and help you understand that mm-hmm. i don't i'm not so sure that he was able to do that, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. So I just want to go back for a second. So that happened when you were 16. Yeah. Um, yeah. You said that you moved in with new family at the age of 15. Um, can you talk about the transition of how that happened? So you were, um, I'm sorry, you said it was, what type of cheerleading was it? Competitive cheerleading. So it's like, like club, like, like they have like a soccer club, you know, mm-hmm. like pretty, pretty much like that. You just pretty much just do, do you compete. You're not for a school or anything. It's just an organization. Kind of like, um, uh, what is the AAU for basketball? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's just, yep. Outside of the school. Yeah. Um, so how old were you when you started to do competitive cheerleading? I was, uh, I was 15. I was, yeah, I was 15. Okay. Um, and so that's when you met, um, the people that, that decided to take you in. Um, so how was, how did that relationship start when you, which you, you know, I think, I think they just knew mm-hmm. something was up. They didn't ask. Uh, I was fairly quiet. I was pretty reserved. Um, I didn't talk much. I didn't really give a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I couldn't look. I couldn't even look people in the eyes. Uh, I think that was just due to the, there was just so much pain, and I don't. I, I think I didn't want people to like see it mm-hmm. or ask me about it. Um, now that I think about it, like that, like you know, as I've gotten older, I think it was just a, more of a pain thing. I didn't want people to like, yeah, catch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just knew. They just knew something was up, and they just kind of it just it it was it was an organic thing it was like they just they just like you know they just started helping me they just started taking care of me you know they just started uh you know um just yeah basically it was it was like bound to happen like after my stepfather kicked me out Mm -hmm. because i was running away a lot too 
uh, a lot during that period of time I was running away. Um, so it was like a, and, and I didn't feel weird about them because they didn't, um, you know, I didn't feel anything forced with them or like, I didn't feel like they lacked authenticity. So that's why, and they were just, they were just, it, that's why I said it was organic. So they were just like natural to me. It just made me feel comfortable being around them, you know? Um, you say you were starting to run away. Like when you run away, where would you go to? Uh, I would go lots, lots of places, a lot of, a lot of different places. Uh, I would go to my friend's house. Uh, sometimes I, I, I run away to their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty much wherever, like you know, wherever, whatever door was open at that, at whatever time I was just leaving. Okay, and. Yeah. So that's going on, and then did you start to build a dialogue with them and start feeling comfortable talking to them about your situation? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't talk to them about my situation for years. Okay, for years, yeah. So tell me about the day that you actually decided to move in with them. Um. So they. That was a. Uh, I don't know. I was. I was running away. You know. And then when I when I got kicked out, like I just wanted something solid, so I told him. I said, I said, hey, mm-hmm. listen. I was just like, I like cheering, you know. I like doing cheerleading. I like being at being at this gym, um, but I don't know how long I can continue. And I was like, y'all been really helpful, but I don't have anywhere to go, and mm-hmm. I I got to figure that out. And then it was just like immediately just oh yeah just just move in with us just just come with us and um and I was like okay you know and I was like you sure you know like but but they, yeah they were very you know with open arms just um let me in and they already had uh kids of their own three three daughters already but okay. they were they were way younger uh at the time so, how did it make you feel with them accepting you like that? Um, it yeah, it was. I I don't think I processed it like fully. Probably not until like years later. Like a lot of it, I didn't really like catch on to. I think because I was just so wrapped up in my own emotions mm-hmm. that I like missed out on like the message, mm-hmm. if you will. Um. So I felt like it was just like, okay, you know, and then, you know, they basically took me in as their own. Like, I, like, you know, we started taking family pictures, you know, family trips, mm-hmm. shit that I'd never done before that I was like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was just kind of weird. I was like, fuck it, what would you, I was like, oh, that's real? Like, right. we get in a van and we just. We just go to another state, like okay, <laughs> all right, like <laughs> you know, we go to a music park, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, I think, yeah, like for the longest time, yeah, it confused me. Then, um, but I did everything I could to, like, you know, at, at least like try to somewhat show appreciation, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. I did, I just didn't know, like you know, but. Spell you still there? 
Um, but anyways, yeah, it was it was just weird, like you know, trying to. It was just so much to collect that I didn't even know how because, meanwhile, like I didn't. It wasn't like I was still feeling all that, uh, all that, like just, um, all all the, all this like just bad from the the um, the the life I just came from, you know. Mm-hmm. So like it, it was just all it was just so much to collect. It was. And it all just like happened so fast. Um, so did you know, did your stepdad or your mom reach out to you, you know, after all this happened? No. Okay. No. Um but my step yeah, he didn't he didn't he didn't care. He uh he wanted me to fail. You know, he wanted me to uh he, yeah, he I don't know, he wanted he just said a lot of bad things about me. I didn't like any, like he just said I wasn't going to be anything or anything like that. So like his, his, so with him kicking me out, he thought like I was just going to fail. Mm-hmm. And my mom, um, you know, I I just didn't, I don't think uh, we knew what to say to each other. Cause I think I was mad at her cause she was still with him and that it happened. And I didn't, and not even realizing that she was, you know, dealing with a lot from my stepfather as well. And um, it wasn't even till like a month, a month ago, she, she was like, um, she told me how heartbroken she was Mm -hmm. about that whole situation. You know, she, she said she felt so bad, you know, when that happened. Mm -hmm. And I never knew that. You know, not until recently, you know, and which like, I thought was like really cool, you know, and it, and it took a lot, like even more weight off my shoulders. With her telling you that? Yeah, I think it was just like, I don't know if it was like weight or just something, some type of like new door that opened uh, for my mom, mine and my mom's relationship. Right. Gave us, a, gave us another layer. Um, cause did, did you ever have doubt that she cared after you left? Um, I just didn't know. I, okay. I, I didn't know. Yeah. I just didn't know what she felt. And I think that's where I was like hurt. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when you, you know, you move in and everything, um, uh-huh. culturally, how was yeah. that for you? How did that change for you? Oh, it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, it's, it's wild to say this, like, I didn't feel like I really fully fit in at my first home or the second home. Okay. Uh, I say that because, um, you know, here, here I am at this other home, my, my original home, my, my biological home, uh, you know, I always felt like the odd man out just because of my interest the things that I was interested in, the things I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't feel like, you know, I, I didn't feel like super, super like, I don't I just, I just knew I was different. I just knew I was different. I knew I was, I just knew I was different from, uh, from the whole squad. And then, okay. and yeah, and even moving in with, you know, the adoptive folks, like it was, 
it was such a different thing as well. And it was just two different different worlds. And I feel like I yeah, like it was just I was just this person that just happened to exist in these worlds. Um and you know, yeah, like and then then the whole neighborhood thing, that was just yeah, I just never felt I always felt like a lone wolf. Is what I always felt like. So you said the whole neighborhood thing. What do you what do you mean by that? There was it was culturally a different neighborhood as well? Oh hell yeah. That neighborhood like the neighborhood I was in with my other folks was yeah, like I was the only black person on the block, you know. Uh which was like uh you know, I, I guess at the time I, it wasn't a weird thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um well it was weird and not weird. Like weird in the sense because like um, I didn't feel like I connected with black people at all to begin with. Okay, you know, so even if there was another one on the block, I didn't feel like I would have any like solid connection. So, and then, um, uh, and I didn't really feel like I connected with. Obviously, I didn't feel like I connected with the white people in the neighborhood as well. You know, I just mm-hmm. it just. I didn't, I never felt yeah right to begin with. So you had to to change schools once you moved in with them, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. How was the the new school? Oh man, it was different. Uh, it was like like <laughs> I remember the, the one of the different the one of the weird differences is like the school I went to first when when I was with my biological folks. It was uh. Like it was, you know, a, a lot of poor kids. It was a poor school, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of kids just like drank and smoked weed. When I went, when I went to the other school, man, there was kids just, you know, popping pills, lining up, lining up coke in the restroom, like all this <laughs> stuff. I was like, what the, like what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was the weirdest thing. I was like, what happened to just. Drinking a forty and smoking, like what, like what, like you know, it was it was just a weird thing. I just that was like one of the big cultural shocks to me was like, I was like, that's what y'all do. I was like, that's y'all go that hard. I was like, damn. <laughs> um, and then um, another thing is like when I went to that school, so many people wanted to be my friend, and so many people felt like I was this tough guy, mm-hmm. you know. Like, oh, like, this is the guy I want to be around because he's, like, like, he just seems so tough. And I was just, like, yo, I'm just, like, <laughs> it was weird. They thought of me, in like, like in a weird sense, they thought of me as, as like, I'm just, like, this Tupac nigga. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, where it was, like, no, that's not me, man. I, I mean, I play guitar, bro. Like, chill. You know, like. <laughs> did, did you go but, along with it or did you tell them or let them know? You know, I didn't realize that at first, you know, I didn't realize, you know, why people were being my friend, you know what I mean? Because, like, when I first got to the school, like, I didn't hang around anybody. I got, I sat by myself mm-hmm. at lunch, and then people would just, I don't know, I, I guess I looked approachable, um, and a lot of people would just approach me and, like, talk to me, and, you know, and I, I don't know, it was, like, the weirdest, it was the weirdest thing. You know, it was the weirdest. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's just weird. But yeah, a lot of people like 
I feel like a lot of people wanted to be my friends other than like, you know, for this toughness, you know, like they were looking for this, I don't know, like, like as, as if I was their protector. Right. You know, cause I, cause I had saved some people before. I remember one dude came up to me. He was like, Hey man, you know, uh, this guy keeps picking on me. I said, what the fuck? Who gets picked on? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, if you don't, you don't fucking hit that motherfucker, you know. Uh, but, so you giving advice? Uh, <laughs> well, it was just like weird. He goes, man, you know, I just wanted to like, like people would literally ask me to protect them, and I remember it was like the, the, he was like, man, this dude Cowboy Chad, this dude mm-hmm. named Cowboy Chad or whatever the fuck his name, was, something like that, mm-hmm. um, that went to the school. Um, he would like bully these kids, I guess. And I, and then when I saw him, I was like, that's your bully? Like, <laughs> chill, bro. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Describe, describe him. Like, was he very small or something? Or? Yeah, he was a small dude. He was. He wore cowboy boots. He rolled around with like a cowboy crew, which I'm like, bro, why, why are there cowboys? I was like, this. I was like, bro, they live in a house. They don't even live on a farm, bro. Like, why are you scared? <laughs> so, I remember one time, like, uh, Chad thought one of my homies stole his shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember he he, he was punking uh, my homie. And the homie was a little dude. It was a guy I skated with. You know, he was real, real little. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I saw what was going on. And then I walked up and I was like, hey, man, what's, what's, what seems to be the problem? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, this dude stole my shoes. I was like, oh, you mean the shoes you got back right now? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, yeah. I was like, well, then why you why you messing with him? And he was like, well, you know, I just wanted to know. Who took my shoes? Wouldn't you want to know? I was like, not if I got them back, bro. So like, what's the problem? <laughs> and then he was like, uh, you know, and then you know, yeah, you're right. I got them back, man. And I, and everybody, and literally, and and here's the thing, bro. Everybody was like, whoa, do you realize who you just who you just punk? And I'm like, bro, y'all need to chill, <laughs> like, <laughs> bro. You need a movie, bro. Right, it was the weirdest <laughs> shit. You need a movie, and then, bro. And then, then the other dude that originally asked me to protect him from him, he goes, "Hey, man." Chad came up to me and said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry about everything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, "Dude, he left me alone." I was like, "What?" I was like, "Bro, y'all weird." <laughs> it was the weirdest shit, man. Where's like the school I came from, like. It was just handled, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, oh, this, this, you feel this way about me? Like it, just, it was just handled. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's just what it was. You know, uh, that and that was normal. Like it was handled, and then it was like over. Like I fought so many like people, like so many of my friends that like we fought so many times and still are friends. You know what right. I mean? Like it's just like that's how like the environment was. But like that school was like. I was like, y'all got a bully? What the? I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was like, and that's your bully. That's the that's the town's bully. All right, bet. <laughs> and I didn't even have to touch the dude. I just talked to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So yeah, that was like a weird thing. And then every, that's when everybody was like, oh man, you the real deal, the real deal, real deal. Yeah, it was weird. Okay, so. Um... Now, you know, you, you say you started going to anger management, you know, at the age of 16. So this is after um, you moved in and everything. Um, how t- did anger management, uh, anger management affect you? Um, anger management didn't really hit me until, 
like I didn't really connect with it until I was twenty. Okay. That was the first time I really connected with it. Um, because that was the first time I was told what happened to me. That was the first time I realized what had happened to me. Mm. Um, you know, and they were, it was different. Like they, it was the first, like they like asked about me. They were like, Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Cause I walked in there like, I was like, bro, this shit don't work. Mm. And then she was like, tell me about yourself. I was like, huh? Oh, okay. I was like, well, you know, started talking and she was like, super interested and then oh wow like you know so like this is like you've been this way since you were a kid i was like yeah and then she was like oh tell me about your home life and then i and i just like broke down mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like damn this is quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro and then like the first within this was like in the first 10 minutes of us just having a conversation man is and and, and and you know i like i just broke down and then she made me realize what happened to me, and then she was like, all right, this is what we're going to do now. This is how we move forward from this. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I think That's why I think canceling is, like, the weirdest shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> because it's like, like, in no, in no way, shape, or form do I want to cancel my stepfather for what he did. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to attack him, because it's like, I have, I have this beautiful power now, mm-hmm. and I feel like and 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 I literally don't have to do nothing but just be me mm-hmm. and be better, and it and it already outdoes everything about him. Like yeah. I don't have to do anything, you know. Like I I just be me and I just work on being better. That's all I have to do. And like I literally like I I, I care less, Look, bro. If I saw him right now, I shake his hand. I don't care. I say what's up mm-hmm. because it, because like he no longer has power over me. You know what I mean? Like I think that's the better move. When it comes to shit like that, you know, like, yeah, well, yeah, so what? He hit me. I can't take that back. I can't take that away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That already happened. So but the change come from within. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And 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 people think that's like, you know, some people may think that's like the, a, a shitty thing to say, but it's it's not. If mm-hmm. you really if you really dig in and think about it, that's the better thing to say. Mm-hmm. The better thing that like the better perspective, the better approach, because. Man, let me tell you, bro, that he fears me. And I and, and here's the thing. I don't even like and not even physically, like not not even like because I I'd knock his ass out, but but at the same time, I won't, you know what I mean? I won't do it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm big now, but like, bro, come on, what's up? Anyways, uh but, <laughs> but no, like he won't he won't do it. Like he like he's scared of me meant my my mental because I was just like like he feels he feels guilty. He mm-hmm. feels guilty about everything because he does see what all that I'm doing in life. My mom, I have uh, I have a brother with special needs, mm-hmm. so my mom and him still have to see each other to like, like if he needs like clothes or doctor, we got to go to doctor's appointments or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he still they still see each other, you know, for for that reason. Okay. But uh, and so like, you know, she she tells me like, yeah, he'll try to ask about me, and like, you know, he feels guilty, you know, like, oh, is he is he is he doing good? Like, you know, and it's like, come on, bro, you know what's up. Uh, so, but I mean, but that's, that's the thing, you know what I mean? That's, that's how I think of it. It's like, when I watch people try to attack these people for, you know, some shit that they may have done to them in the past, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you know, I'm smooth sailing right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on top of the fucking world just so, because I go ahead. Go ahead so, so did that take, cause you, you said you talked to her. 
Was this mm-hmm. a process? Did this happen just from the first time you talked to her? Like things? Oh changed? man, this no, this took a long fucking time. <laughs> this took so long, man. It took a, it took a, it took a good while. Okay, you know, I'd say I, I started. <sighs> that was twenty. I wouldn't say until I was about thirty, thirty-one. Okay, uh, or thirty. I'm 33 now. Uh, it was when I like really started to like um, make that huge shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took it took a minute, but I knew. But like, but I, but I, I think I always knew that it had to come from me. Like I had, I had to do something with me. Okay. You know, I had to take the action with me, not him. Because like, mm-hmm. okay, so say, so say I do go after him, blah blah blah. Say some shit happens, like he goes to prison for you know that that shit blah 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 mm-hmm. okay then what right then what because because i'll have that thought in my head yeah i got him in prison that'll be that, like like that's that's my success right that's that's i don't want that to be my success story i'd rather because because that involves him my success story is taking like it it, it, it it's Connected to taking him down. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I'd rather have my own, my own drive, my own control. You know what I mean? You go ahead, and live your life, man. Do you, do what you what you do, and continue to, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you, whatever it is that he does. Right. Go ahead, keep doing that. You know what I mean? Because I know what I am. I know what I'm doing. I know who I am. I know where I'm at. You know, that's how I feel. And do you still? Um like go to angers management is this something um for people who are not familiar with it at all is this something that you go to all the time is something that you always have to work on yeah you yeah so basically yeah it doesn't stop like yeah it's a continuous thing like pretty much for the rest of your life you got to work on it um i don't go to classes uh, mm-hmm. a lot of my stuff is through my journaling okay you know what i mean because i realize like i'm a, I'm a thinker i'm always mm-hmm. thinking and uh so basically my journal is where I let out everything, my my insecurities, my sad moments, my happy moments, things I fear, like all that stuff, like all that stuff just gets let out in the journal. If there's someone that's listening to this that, you know, doesn't, you know, have access to anger management, might be going through something like that and some of the same issues, what would you what would advice would you give them? Um, I, the thing, the advice I would give to somebody is, is to, to really think about yourself as an individual without mm-hmm. all that, without all that, what are you without the abuse? What are you without, you know, someone treating you bad? What are you, with, what are you without that? What is your individuality? Mm-hmm. What are you that I think that's the important thing. You know what I mean? Like, because when you when you start to think about that, you realize all that you have, all that you're able to do. You know what I mean? But when you when you constantly have this person uh, that you that you keep in your brain as something that you hate, and you want them to just feel the pain that they gave that they gave you, and it's like, I mean, that doesn't that's not productive for for your own individuality, your own heart. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the best thing is to under, to always ask yourself, what are you without all that? 
And last thing, what is the lesson that you learned from everything? Um, like my, just this this specific podcast, or my life in general? Your life in general. Your oh, um, I think um, one of the biggest things I've always done is to be yeah, uh, being comfortable with who I am. You know, I know mm-hmm. my intentions, and I know I fight. Uh, to always have good intentions and to always be good. So, and uh, if people question that, then eh, that I'm, that has nothing to do with me. I'm cool with who I am. You know, that's the one of the things I've learned. Okay. And um, how can people follow you on social media? Where can they find you at? And what's your social media handle? Uh, I just do Instagram at Chappelle Lacey. Uh, that's like the thing I do probably the most because People talk too much on Twitter and Facebook. Too. I'm like, man, y'all need to shut up, bro. Y'all need to chill. Gotcha. I can't, yeah, I can't wrap my head up in that shit, bro. There's a lot of like people. I'm like, bro, if you don't go sit down, you know, that's but, but so I only do Instagram because it's just like pictures and shit. So gotcha. that's all I do. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me, bro. This was fun. Yeah. And um, appreciate you telling your story.